Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is Jeff Fedone with Believe in Chiefs and the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast network. The only place with a show for every team in KC and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, former Chiefs offensive lineman Joe Valerio and I talk a little about the Chiefs schedule. The NFL just released their schedules and what's going to happen with the regular season. Uh, but first, we're going to go through a little bit of Chiefs news. Uh, so much of the talk of this offseason has been about how the Super Bowl champions returned 20 of 22 starters, uh, but they did release one key person uh, recently, and that's Dustin Colquitt. He was the longest tenured uh, person on the roster, uh, and no one knows special teams as well as Joe Valerio. Joe, you used to be a long snapper. I know you. we had Aguiar on, the, on our show, and I know you know that uh, part of the game so well. How big an impact do you think this will be on the Chiefs? Well, Jeff, I think it, it, it's, it's twofold, right? Number one, it's chemistry, right? You hope that it doesn't disrupt the chemistry of the team. What Dustin was able to do in the punting game and the level of confidence that he gave not only the coaches in being able to use him, um, but also the level of confidence that, you know, the, the cover guys would have on having somebody back there where they knew the ball was going to go. And we all know that the NFL – is a game of field position, right? I mean, it's it's, it's a game of inches, uh, you know, pardon the pun. But it, it's it's going to be interesting um, to see how the chemistry is affected. Again, going back to that philosophy we've been talking about a couple of different pods, right, that it's, it's, it's the run it back year, right? They're going to mm-hmm. try to take what they had, won the Super Bowl. The other side of it, Jeff, and just being pragmatic about it and – when you're faced with the salary cap restrictions that NFL teams and the management are faced with and trying to keep your top talent, who's going to be on the field for 60 or 70 plays a game, you know, what marginal benefit do you get out of having to pay somebody who has been, you know, your longest tenured player, you know, that his salary, he's probably, if not one of the highest paid punters, I don't, I don't know Dustin's actual salary. I'm, I'm it, sure it it's saved two million. That was a, it was really a financial move. It saved two million against <laughs> the cap for a cash for a team that's really up against this for the salary cap. So yeah, so the marginal benefit of having to pay somebody two million dollars for five punts a game, seven punts a game, you know, y- you wonder if you're getting your benefit from it, right? And at some point you have to make the, a financial decision mm-hmm. and the organization has to say, well, if there's somebody that is going to be a high impact player who's going to, um, you know, play 60 or 70 plays a game, right? Do, can we spend that money better somewhere else? And, and those are, that's the decision. Hey, the fact that he lasted this long and the Chiefs, you know, kept him as their longest tenured as a punter, 
you know, we had Louis Aguiar on, he'd be the first one to tell you he'd love to have played that long, mm-hmm. you know, with one team, um, especially at that position, which tends to bounce around a little bit, right. And, and kickers and punters and holders. Um, so, you know, look, are we, are we going to miss him? Absolutely. I think at some point it just comes down to whether or not it makes financial sense. And are you getting the marginal benefit of having somebody who's going to play a very limited amount of snaps? Granted, it could be huge impact. You're talking about, you know, field position, yards, you know, things like that. But at the same time, you, you know, you, you can't fault them for wanting to, you know, be able to keep some some of the more higher impact players on the roster. Yeah, as that's far just, as the financial as, as far as the financial decision you were talking about, I actually think it's a pretty smart decision. In a perfect world, you would retain Dustin Colquitt because he's still an effective punter, still a good player. But also just with the success of the offense, you know, they can't keep everybody. They're up against it, right. and you have to make some hard decisions. You know, so early in his career, well, for the entirety of his career, he had never punted fewer than 65 times. That was until the Mahomes era. And now the last right. two years, he's punted uh, 45 times and 48 times the last two years. So you're, you're looking at it. That's a big – and I think that's smart. When, you're, when you have this good an offense, maybe, um, maybe we can the, – the punter is an area to cut back on. Yeah, you're just going to – you're not getting the – you know, there's a, de- a, de- a decreasing return on on having somebody that's that that's that high priced right at that position and and granted there's no salary cap you know the, the hunt family is generous owners you know they're generous owners you know if there's no salary cap dustin colquitt's absolutely on this right. roster and if they didn't have to deal with that yeah. i i can say that unequivocally if 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 they if they did not have the salary cap restrictions, the Chiefs are the kind of organization where Dustin Colquitt would absolutely have been on that roster and he would have been, you know, not asked to take a salary cut or do any of those things. He would have been been a part of it. And, and I think that's part of, an, and we've talked about this before, that's part of this whole salary cap era, you know, since the 1993, going all the way back to 1993, right? The, the Reggie White case against the NFL, where we've talked about how it just, crushes what I would call the middle class of, of the NFL roster because now if you can, you know, you have to pay a certain amount of your percentage of your, you know, let's just use Pareto's law, right? 80, the 80, 20 rule where 20% of your roster is probably making 80% of the salary cap, right? Mm-hmm. Just in, in general terms, what, how are you going to fill out the rest of that roster? Well, you got to fill it out with players that are making league minimum at the one, two, three, four year veteran level. Because, you know, once you get to four or five years, you know, you see a big spike in the salary. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, are you going to get the marginal benefit of having a two-year backup at left guard versus having a nine-year veteran who's your backup left guard? You know, it, it, it's a decision. It's a tough decision that teams decisions. have to make where you just don't have those, those guys in the locker room anymore. And it's, it's, it hurts. I think the depth of the league, I think the overall play of the league suffers. But teams have to make that decision every day. Now, how, you know, Dave Tobe is one of the best special teams, if not the best special teams coordinator in the league. How quickly, you know, they're looking at guys like Tyler Newsom, Tommy Townsend as potential replacements. They're, they're probably not as good as Colquitt. He was an outstanding punter, especially mm-hmm. during his prime. A guy like Tobe, how quickly, how quickly can he bring these – guys up to speed is he a good enough coach you could think that he can take 
maybe an average punter or slightly above average and, and really elevate their game? Sure. I think if he can fit him, if he can fit the punter into the system and and get them to understand what kind of coverages that that he likes, where they like to place the ball, you know, if they're punting from their own territory versus, you know, trying to pin teams back and get a punter that can, you know, put the ball down on the five yard line with some airtime so the coverage team can get underneath of it. You know, I think he's going to have to, you know, the punter that they bring in is going to have to fit the way the coach uh, you know, the way the coach wants the coverages to work, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what you have to do. Most of these punters, I would imagine, Jeff, they probably have a kicking coach on the side, right? We, you know, Louis Aguiar was, has been a kicking coach in the past, and he's coached college, high school, and NFL mm-hmm. players, right? So I'm sure that anybody they bring in at this level, when you, when you get to the top 32 kickers in the world, punters in the world, in this particular case, you know, they're, of they're going to have they're going to have some skills right you're not it's it's it it's one position that you know thousands and thousands of people are fighting for from the high school ranks to the college ranks right and trying to get into being one of those 32 punters in the NFL and you know i'd imagine it's going to be a lot easier to find somebody that can fit the chiefs mold than it is to find a quarterback or a running back right cuz uh, those positions you're talking about, you know, skills that are, are you know, way beyond, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, the skills of having, you know, of being able to kick the ball. Not to say that it's not a very specific, tough skill to learn. I know I can't kick a ball to save my life. I'd break my hip if I tried to punt a ball. And I, and I get that. But at the same time, you know, you got a lot of players fighting for these positions. And chances are they're going to find somebody that can, that can add to it. Um, and 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 fill that spot that that Dustin had, without us losing you know too much, right? Are we gonna do we have some loss? Absolutely, you know somebody a veteran like that in the locker room, probably his, his work ethic was second to none. But it's definitely a, a, something that the Chiefs have to do, and they're gonna and they're gonna find the right guy, and he'll <laughs> be able to fit the system, and the coaches will be able to get them going. You said you 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 weren't you wouldn't be, have been a great punter. You were at least very versatile, great long snapper. I believe I hold the Pembroke Hill High School football camp record for the most backward punts. So you I love at least I, I think could punt it forward. I, I struggled with uh, the well, direction of it. Well, it's funny because um, one of my favorite stories of, of growing up when, in Little League is um, my, my, my Little League coach when I was playing on the 75-pound football team, right, playing weight football. Mm-hmm you know, Pop Warner, you know, uh, whatever little league, you know, you have Burt Bell League or whatever. They have all these different leagues, right? And so I'm playing and my brother was the coach of the 95-pound team and I was co- I was on the 75-pound team and my brother had, they had finished their game and I was watching or I was, the, I was at our game playing and then I was actually the punter on our, on our 75-pound team and we needed like, a half a yard for the first down. So I go out, you know, coach says, all right, let's go punt team. So we go out to punt the ball. And mistakenly, I take a look over at my brother and uh, I look at my brother and he gave me the eye and he was like, he gave me like the hand signal, like just run it. You got this, right? So I don't recommend this to any of our young listeners out there. Don't, don't break the rule. Listen to your coach. This is the lesson I learned. (laughs) Don't think you can do it all. You know, I made a mistake and I never did it again. And I paid the price because I never kicked again in my entire life. So I <laughs> lost my job because I decided to listen to my brother 
and I and I looked over and I and I tried to run the ball and um, <laughs> and and I came up about half a yard short. Like I basically just got back to the line of scrimmage, and uh, the coach was like, you know, all over me. And what were you thinking? And and I was, you know, God, I couldn't have been what eight nine years old top max, right? It's playing seventy five pounds, so I'm just young, impressionable kid. And I'll tell you, it was a lesson I took with me for the rest of my life. You know, listen to your coach. Don't think you can do it all. And, you know, be a part of the team. Be a team player because, you know, sometimes you're going to make a choice like that to try to be the star and it's, it's going to backfire on you. And, you know, of course, my brother, like, you know, slinked away. And, uh, you know, I didn't rat him out. I didn't tell the coach I was listening to my brother. I just decided to tell him the truth that I, you know, was going to just, I thought that I could run the ball and that I could get the first down and, and then I didn't. But I didn't, I didn't rat my brother out, which uh, I was at least proud of that. <laughs> at least proud of that. <laughs> and an early lesson about listening to coaching, which you would take throughout your uh, Chiefs career. But uh, we're going to take a very brief pause here and then get back to our uh, broadcast here to discuss a little bit about the Chiefs schedule, which just came out. Amazon is changing the way we think about TVs. Say hello to the Amazon Fire TV Omni Series, a new 4K ultra-high-definition smart TV with Dolby Vision and hands-free Alexa. This is Amazon's first hands-free TV with all your favorite Fire TV and Alexa features now in one TV. You can stream all of your favorite content, shows, music, and more. The Amazon Fire TV Omni Series is available in a variety of sizes and competitive prices in store at Best Buy or at Amazon.com. So we're back now. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about the schedule that came out because uh, that actually happened since our last podcast. And as we're talking schedules and, and as uh, when the games are slated to be played, something that's interesting too, uh, since there are no live sports now, ESPN has been re-airing uh, Monday Night Football classic games um, I'm out actually working on a story about it. And so I was doing some research, some interviews on it. The first game they actually had was uh, one could call it the Joe Valerio ball because it's Rams chiefs, but it was <laughs> long after your days. It was at the highest scoring Monday night football game ever. The Rams 54 51 victory, which was fantastic. And then again, on the 18th here uh, Monday, they're going to show another fun game. Chiefs Broncos Mahomes first start on Monday night football. He it's a chief's comeback. He has uh, the no look pass. There's a lot. So Chiefs fans, I recommend you tuning in. Uh, the other cool component of this is the highest rated of these re-airings of Monday night football classics that they're doing on Monday nights was the Brett Favre game. When he returns against the Packers, he's now the Vikings quarterback. And that's the one where they showed the, Steve Young, Joe Montana, 49ers Chiefs game, and they showed a highlight of our Joe Valerio catching that touchdown pass. So <laughs> kind of cool that that was a, a part of their highest rated uh, programming of, of, of the re-airing of these classic games. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, that's, you know, the fact that, that, that people are watching these games and, and that they're, they're doing something to keep live sports going, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I don't know what it is about that, that touchdown from that Montana young, you know, shootout that we had on September 11th of 1994. Uh, look at that. I remember the, I remember wow. the date. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, 
I don't know what it was about me scoring. And there were so many, there were other great scores. I mean, it was a, it was a relatively high scoring game. You know, it wasn't like it was the only touchdown, but Hey, I'll, I'll take the pub. I'll take <laughs> it wherever I can get it, Jeff. And it's uh, nice of you to, to, to mention that, but you know, that was, yeah, that was quite a, uh, it's for some, I guess, because maybe it was the first touchdown, and maybe on the reels, the highlight reels, when they just want to find something to show from that Montana Young shootout. Because Joe did it; he did a nice celebration after, you know, he kind of threw his arms up and you know, kind of ran off, kind of like gallantly, you know, knowing, knowing that he had scored the first score in that game. I mean, I think that that's that took a lot of the pressure off of him, um, being the you know getting the first score under our belt in that, in that game. Cause I know he was, you know, the 49ers were a good team. They went on to win the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. So, you know, pressure. I think that just, that just was like a, almost like a monkey off of his back when, when he, you know, was able to get on the board first at home, knowing that, you know, with the defense that we had, that that was a good jump. So yeah, it was a, that was a fun one. I mean, listen, we're all dying for sports, right. And, you know, thinking about the chief schedule, we, we were, my family was taking a walk in our neighborhood, you know, and, and just we're all practicing social distancing and we're all doing the right things. And, you know, we're taking a walk in the neighborhood, try to get some fresh air. And I see this family uh, walking ahead of us. And one uh, young son had a, a lacrosse stick in his hand and they had reached their house on the corner and they had a goal set up in their backyard that, you know, he must practice on. And, and, and his dad said, 20 bucks if you can get it uh, in, in the net from here. And he was pretty far away. I mean, he was a good 50, 60 yards away. And I said, I got, I got some of that action, right? <laughs> so, so, you know, it's like, oh, my God. I said, that, this might be the first live, live sport I've seen in seven and a half, eight weeks. <laughs> um, watching a young kid try to throw a ball 60 yards, you know, from the street into his, into his backyard. So, um, you know, yeah, we're all dying for, for some sports, you know, we're all ready to, we're all ready to watch something. And, uh, you know, we're I, all dying think, for sports. And Joe, this yeah. is the perfect segue as you're betting on local kids, you come across on the street, what better time to go with our bet online at? <laughs> so exactly. while you're waiting this one out at home with us, you can still have some fun betting at betonline.ag. Don't know if you can bet on the local highest local high schoolers with their locked cross sticks or the local kids. But with no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. But, 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 Bet Online still has hundreds of places to wager, including their online casino with poker and blackjack. But sports aren't totally done. There's still eSports, American Idol, Big Brother, the elections, the spelling bee, the $750,000 poker series. There's still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit again that's betonline.ag and use the promo code mypod100 uh joe that most noteworthy game of that 1994 season you know might was probably that chiefs 49ers joe versus montana versus steve young game we were just talking about uh what stands out about the Chiefs schedule uh that was just released uh last week for you I mean, the first three games, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, the Texans playoff team, right? Great game in the playoffs. Chiefs had to come back, you know, opening day, right? We all know that it's going to be the beginning Beginning of the season is going to be really interesting. And, and we've said it before, you know, I've said it before that September has become the new training camp, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, – Especially you know, maybe this year, right? You can, yes, teams really could be behind the – the, the ball here 
they're really going to be behind the eight ball with no OTAs going on right now. You know, everybody's doing their own workouts, not having any team practices. I mean, we're really going to see what team chemistry is like. And maybe the Chiefs' uh, philosophy of running this thing back with the same squad couldn't, it couldn't have come at a better time because, you know, they all know each other. They all, you know, rolled through the playoffs together with some health. And, you know, I mean, if you have, if you have a squad that's trying to come together – with new draft picks, new free agents, you know, my gosh, you're going to be starting the season out, you know, if, if we're lucky, right, that, that, that they start in, in early September, um, you know, you're going to be starting out behind the eight ball, right? And, and they're already not playing teams in the preseason, you know, or playing players in the preseason as much. So it's going to be really interesting. So those first three games, right, you've got the Texans, the Chargers, and the Ravens. I mean, that is like – and nothing taking nothing away from the Patriots, I mean, they're rebuilding a little bit, right? If Tom Brady were still with the Patriots, add that one in the mix, mm-hmm. right? That, that you've got four of the premier teams in the AFC, right? Because the Chargers, we all know, are, are rebuilding. And, and, and they're, they're going to they're do some good things this year. And, and then – then a nice offseason, off, nice draft. I, I think they're going to be a – I think they could be a playoff team. I, I really do. Yeah, I mean, they got, and then, you know, you're rolling into Raider week. Um, you've got the Bills after that, right? They had a had a nice run uh, last year. And then the Playoff Broncos team. who've, re- yeah. you know, another AFC West game. You know, maybe maybe the Chiefs take a little breather. I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm, look, I always aspire or, you know, to be like Coach Marty. You know, you never just throw your helmet out there and win a game. This is never. You never talk about teams that way. And, and that's still ingrained in me from playing under coach Schottenheimer is that, you know, you never take anybody lightly and the most important game on the schedule is your next game. But, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe that Jets game could be a game where, you know, they might not see any real relief until they get to that November 1st game against the Jets. Mm -hmm. So my gosh, you know, to go through, you know, two months of football before you get to a team, you know, that's not, you know, an ultra playoff contender. I mean, the Jets have done some nice things in the offseason and they're rebuilding as well. Look, it's the NFL. Everybody's always getting better. But that's going to be a really rough fall. Um, Agreed. And, and, and when the I AFC say fall, West, I mean, I mean, as we've talked about, it's going to be a lot better. Um, you know, two, two games really stand out to me. Uh, you mentioned the first slate, how that's really significant. Chiefs-Ravens. I think that might be the, the game of the year. You have the two um, last MVPs and Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I think those teams are on the collision course anyhow in the AFC. They might be the two best teams in football. And for the first time, Mahomes is 2-0 against Lamar Jackson, but Baltimore gets they get the Chiefs uh, at their place. So uh, that that's a big game. Also, what's going to be fun, late in the season, uh, Saints-Chiefs, that could be a possible Super Bowl preview. And, mm-hmm. you know, while they could play again in the Super Bowl, it might be the only time that uh, Breeze, who's now in his 40s, and Mahomes go head-to-head. Uh, yeah. Those are two games that really stood out to me. Um, and then also Chiefs-Texans week one, you know, it's a week one game. They'll unfurl uh, a banner and, and it'll be a lot of hoopla and a fun time for Chiefs fans. The Texans, though, I think have gotten worse over the offseason. They lost DJ Reader, who is a very good defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. They traded uh, Dondre Hopkins, who I think is Deshaun Watson's best weapon. And the Chiefs, again, have retained 20 of their 20 two stars from their Super Bowl team. So I really like the Chiefs to win handily in week one. Uh, there's other two, team, uh, other two games and other games you mentioned on a tough schedule, uh, different, different story perhaps. 
Yeah. Plus, plus, I I totally agree with you, Jeff. That that the Texans have gone backwards. It's 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 going to be interesting to see how that how that plays out for them and some of the moves they've made, considering that they were, you know, you know, considering the success that they had, right? Almost beating the Chiefs in the playoffs, and and who knows where that could have gone. Um, but I, you know, I, another game I'm really excited for is is the Buccaneers game, right? I you know, oh, good call. I yeah. am so anxious to see what that looks like and what Tom Brady is going to look like in, in that sort of, uh, you know, red and black, you know, uniform. And if Gronk is stays healthy and, and that thing gets cranking, like, you know, that could, could be the last time that the chiefs that Patrick Mahomes ever plays Tom Brady yeah. too. I mean, you right. know, whenever you think about that a- AFC versus NFC cycle, right. Of every four years, you know, playing a different division, you know, I, I highly doubt that unless Tom Brady gets traded again, um, or, you know, moves on again, free agent. Um, you're right. Same with Breeze. Could be the last time that Chiefs fans, you know, get to see uh, Tom Tom Brady against their team. So those are two really cool, interesting matchups. Um, the Saints and the Buccaneers seeing those two great quarterbacks, um, both at their place, which is interesting. Um, you know, the Chiefs got to have to go to New Orleans and and they got to head to Tampa Bay. So it should be, it should be really, really interesting to see how um, – how that works out. And then, and then and in another game, it's interesting just because I'm looking at it, but that chiefs dolphins game, right. I keep thinking about Fitz magic, right? Like do the chiefs let them win that one. And like, as a, as a, as a gift say, Hey, you know what, we're going <laughs> to give you this win. Thanks for propelling us into home field advantage. So we're going to, we're going to not play our starters in on December 13th against the dolphins, but no, it's still the NFL. They won't do that, but it's just funny to see that match up too. Um, you know, given the fact that there's that uh, little bit of a uh, little bit of a, I'll call it a friendship between the Chiefs <laughs> and the Dolphins at this point, given what happened with the Patriots at the end of last season. So yeah, I, I think they have a, a chock full schedule of incredible competition. Um, I, I read somewhere, Jeff, and you, you'll probably know this even more than I will, that um, I think didn't every sports writer who covers their respective teams that is on the Chiefs' schedule say that their team was not going to beat the Chiefs. Did you wow. did you hear that statistic? I don't I know. I didn't, if, but I mean, does it? That that's that's amazing. It also not not that surprising. Um, yeah, they 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 polled every sports wow. writer who is the main beat writer for the teams that are playing the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and every one of them picked independently right not knowing who the chiefs were playing or their other parts of their schedule but just kind of independently saying so let's let's talk to the texans beat writer and and he said the chiefs are going to win and let's talk to the chargers beat writer and she said the chiefs were going to win so every every writer basically if you listen to the home team or not the home team but the team that the opponent that the chiefs are playing the Chiefs should go 16 and 0 um, according to the opposing team sports writers, which which I thought was really interesting, I don't I don't think it happened for any other team. Um, so just I think it was, I, I how, think the how Chiefs good the this only one that team can be in retaining twenty of its twenty two starters. You know, to touch yeah. back on a, uh, on an interesting game that I forgot forgot about when I'm looking at the schedule. This didn't immediately occur to me, but great point about Chiefs Dolphins. Uh, that that's that rivalry. Ha- not a rivalry, but, but that matchup has a lot of history. The longest ever playoff game, mm-hmm. uh, the back in the glory years of the, of the Chiefs. I, and also what you pointed out with the whole Fitz Magic thing. I mean, Andy Reid said he wanted to buy uh, Fitzpatrick some Kansas City steaks. Uh, exactly. So that some intrigue there. And that game actually might be a little bit more uh, 
you know, have a little bit more intrigue than we think. At that point, uh, Tua might be even starting for the Dolphins. So Tua versus Mahomes, that, that would be a lot of fun to watch. Now, we're obviously talking about all these matchups and, and things that could happen, but a lot for the NFL season is still kind of up in the air and how this season gets played out with fans, no fans, the contract, ticket sales, uh, implications. Joe, what are your thoughts, kind of predictions on how things could un- unfold with so much uncertainty? Oh, man, Jeff, it's going to be so interesting. You know, I, I heard that um, two of the California school college, you know, school in this California university system have uh, have decided that they're going to go online in, in the fall. You know, I just, you know, we're starting to hear more and more how this, you know, social distancing practices and the group gatherings and everything might extend out, you know, into the summer and maybe even beyond. And you're hearing about colleges thinking about even going online again this fall. You know, it's just, it's going to be so interesting to see how this all plays out and whether or not, you know, the players are going to want to take the risk and, you know, do, do the, do the NFL teams decide, all right, well, if the players are willing to take quote the risk end quote, and, and they want to go ahead with the season do you do it with no fans? And what does that look like? You know, and, and I kept thinking early on, I said, all right, if we did that, if we played the, if we played the games with no fans, yes, t- teams would hurt dramatically with, you know, ticket sales and concessions and, and all the ancillary stuff that goes around generating revenues around the actual game day. Um, maybe that increases TV revenues, right? Mm-hmm. More people are going to watch games. Maybe they'll air more games. Um, maybe they'll decide to air every game, you know, for free or something, you know what I mean? So that they can go out and get more advertising, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's just kind of like the draft, right? It was, the, it was the highest rated draft ever because people were looking for something to watch. Um, and if, if the 70, 80,000 people aren't going to the stadium, there's 70 or 80,000 more viewers um, they're going to be watching the game. Plus, maybe more people are going to want to watch um, since they know that no one can go to a game um, and be and be there physically. Depending, especially on what college does, right? If the NFL decides, well, we're professionals, we're getting paid for this, we're willing to take the the workplace risk of you know spreading COVID or whatever. And if they kept it contained, I don't know how they would get around federal or you know guidelines and all that stuff. If they get exceptions, there's so many little things that they have to so think about right and and so you know you'd imagine that that you'd have a the nfl would probably have a better chance of getting getting an exception to a federal or state rule about having a large gathering since it's a profession and the players if they were willing to sign off and take that risk and maybe not have the fans come to the game they probably have a better chance of that happening than college right because mm-hmm. they're they're not paid they're, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, student athletes and all that stuff. So, but if that happens, do, do the advertisers have the revenues right now in their own businesses to pay for more advertising? Because I was thinking, I was thinking advertising revenues would go through the roof Mm -hmm. if games were only televised and not able to go live, right? Think about the advertising revenue that could happen and what they could do with, you know, putting, you know, uh, things up on the, um, on, on the screen and, you know, doing like the things they do for soccer with the, the, the rotating, uh, you know, sideline, uh, advertising things and whatever, and putting stuff up on the 50 yard line. Like there's so many money making revenue schemes they could probably come up with if games were only televised and not attended physically. But 
I don't know if companies are going to have the kind of money to advertise, <laughs> you know, I mean, your big advertisers, car dealers, beer, beer's probably still selling. Um, but maybe you know, more I mean, than ever, I think, you know, and then we need it more than ever. Who knows? Right. But you know, cars are not selling right now. So you're not going to see Dodge and Chevy and Ford and all those ads during football games because they're not selling any cars. So they don't have the money to pay, you know, millions of dollars to advertise during a football game. So I'm telling you, Jeff, it, it is so complicated and so complex and there's so much to unwind um, as it relates to this uh, and, and, and how this plays out. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm anxious to see how it plays out and I'm also not anxious to see how it plays out because I, I want it, to, you know, you want it to happen for the right reasons and you want everybody to be safe and healthy. And that's the most important part. It's, it's going to be interesting for sure. Well, one thing I'm optimistic about, um, again, fans that that's whether they can have a fans at the games. It's not a question, but I'm optimistic that there will be uh, really kind of pretty confident that it will be an NFL season. There's been a lot of talk about that. I think the NFL has timing on their side in the sense that mm -hmm. they were the la really the last major sports uh, league to kick off. So they, they have all that time. I think by that time, I'm hoping there's going to be enough tests that they can test the players regularly. They also have timing on the side that it's just one game a week. So it makes it mm -hmm. easier if you have to miss games because players are getting infected. So I'm hoping they just have testing ramped up enough that they're uh, frequently testing the players, you know, and, and people are going to test positive, unfortunately. So you, you might be without a key player, Travis Kelsey or Patrick Mahomes, and you have to sit them for a couple of weeks. That's the only solution. And there might even be a situation where a team, a chief, someone else has several players uh, uh, show up positive for it. And the, the, the schedule was built in with some cushion. So, you know, if that, that team might have to take two weeks off, but again, the, the schedule was built with some cushion. So yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know what they're going to do about, like you said, advertising and fans. I am pretty bullish on, on the season is going to happen. Are you, are you too, Joe? I, I think so, Jeff. I think for all the same reasons that you said, the, the timing, you know, we're going to be, the summer months are going to be passed. I guess the biggest question after that is if it does happen, and and even though we do have time on our side, how effective are the players going to be for those first couple of months, Yeah, you know, without having any of this ramp up time? I mean, off season's important. I don't care what anybody says. You know, these are professionals who who become, you know, get to the top of their game. Um, in the off season through training and working out together and having OTAs and knowing their plays. Um, you know, I think some of the teams like the chiefs who, who are a veteran team with a lot of players who have played together, like you, you know, like you, you I'll reiterate exactly what you said, 20 of 20, 20 of 22 starters returning. They're going to, they're going to have a distinct advantage of, of a team that's trying to rebuild. And especially if they were trying to do it either through the draft or through free agency mm -hmm. and bringing in new players into the system. I mean, there's only so much film you can watch and, and X's and O's you can draw up on a piece of paper without actually getting out on the field and running those plays and getting your timing down um, and, and working on those skills together. Uh, if anybody has seen, you know, the, the, to bring in something that Jeff and I always talk about when, when we have our, our off-air moments is the last dance, right, that, that's on now <laughs> about the Chicago Bulls. You know, you, you saw when, when Michael Jordan came back from the baseball uh, run that he made for those 21 months in, in 1994 and 95, right? Um, you know, how ready, how ready was he, you know, when he came back? Um, you know, he wasn't, you know, it, and it was, and it was obvious, um, even the greatest basketball player in the world, maybe the best athlete at the time in the yeah. world, 
struggled with timing and coming back after having a hiatus like that. So, you know, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see um, what the pro- quality of the product is come, you know, September 10th on kickoff night, 820, the Texans Chiefs, you know, how, how much quality is out there on the field? Not because they're not great players or great athletes, it's because they didn't have time to work together. Yeah, great point, Joe. And obviously still a lot of uncertainty out there of what's going to happen. But if you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.